Hey kids, welcome to Book Snub, a podcast about books. Only bad books, though. We read them and make fun of them because we have no lives. Just kidding, I have a life. I just choose to do this. Hey kids, um, we're back. And better than ever. No, we're not. I'm Clara. Free us from this hell. I'm Rachel, and I don't call it money anymore. I call it fuel units. What is that? It's something she made me watch Tato's because knows? she's because I I literally tagged her and made her watch it. She's a cruel, cruel human being. I'm potatoes, <laughs> and I I hate the grapes of Gatsby. <laughs> Don't we all? Yep. So today, um, welcome to Book Snub, where we read bad books because we hate ourselves. Um, today we're reading The Grapes of Grapesby. <laughs> the Great Grapesby. <laughs> um, so. Y'all know what The Great Gatsby is. Y- yeah, do you have, do y'all have anything to say about it before we sort of pop I right in? I thought you still talking to the audience. Do y'all have anything to say about it? And I'm like. What are you expecting? <laughs> hey, hey, listeners, tell me what you think right now. <laughs> Send out a tweet. Tweet me right now, but don't tweet me, like, when you're, like, go back in time so I can get the notification right now. <laughs> it is 727. It's, you yeah, stand it's 727, Sunday, Sunday evening, November 12th. Come on, y'all. Yeah, so, no, I was talking to you, you, my, my dear podcast hosts my fellow hosts did you guys read it in high school or anything yes i read it in high school i I did not read it in ninth grade at the tender young age of 13 and a half (laughs) uh i did not so i'm just sort of coming in well here's what happened i did not read this in high school and i started reading it for this podcast and quick question to everybody who says that it's a good book. What the fuck? <laughs> Did y'all read it? No one's ever read The Great Gatsby, really. People just skim it for school, and then all they got out of it was, like, flapper dresses in the 1920s, and they were like, oh, a good book. Yeah. I guess it's good, because it was written in a long time ago. Yeah. Now, because it's a um classic, and because people are going to oftentimes read this. Don't harass the author. No, do, please do. Please do. Please harass. <laughs> no, don't Scott harass F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife. She was no, an don't, okay don't person. don't harass her, but do fully harass F. Scott Fitzgerald, because he is a human pile Correct. of garbage. What does the F stand for? Francis. Fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if any of y'all are in high school and you're going to read this um, in high school, then use this podcast as your only resource only. and Don't for, your, for your book, book report. Please source us on the works cited page. S- source us. <laughs> and um, because we are a reliable source. We're reliable narrators. Of course we are. One of us didn't read it and the others of us read it a decade ago. Nice. I read like almost all of this right now. Oops. See, my excuse is that I was reading a different, better book, and also I didn't want to. (laughs) It's the worst excuse. So yeah, there will be an MLA citation for the podcast in the description. You really just committed yourself to that. Yeah, if you say that, you have to do it, so I don't... (laughs) 
I don't know how to fucking source a podcast, but I guess I'll find out. Oh, man. Hey, this book has some fucking shit in it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's not the correct do way it to better than that. Warning, Rachel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> trigger warning. Um, Domestic violence. Domestic violence, y'all. Let's not. Yeah. Let's be careful. Uh, that's, grape. That's in this book. Grapes are in this book. Uh, cars hitting people. So the Grapes yeah. of Gatsby is about a man named. What the heck is his name? Is his name Nick? Nick Carraway. Isn't that a seed? It is a seasoning. Something he knows absolutely nothing about. But <laughs> wow! So we just got all of these food names: Carraway, Daisy. Oh yes, I love it when I eat daisies. <laughs> I really thought that made sense at first, and then I had to think about it. <laughs> I said that, and I was like, are they gonna... <laughs> I was just gonna go with it, but Jazz always calls it out. <laughs> Potatoes, you always just go with, like, whatever whatever we say. So chapter one, he starts off like, oh, when I was little, my dad gave me some advice. He's like, when you feel like criticizing anyone, just remember that all the people in the world haven't had the advantages that you have had. and so. This Nick guy is like, me, being an intelligent man, saw many- (laughs) Me, an intellectual! (laughs) Saw much more meaning in this than he had stated in his words, and I understood that I should reserve all judgment. And it's like, that's what he said in the words. That's not, like, something fancy that you got from it. Mm. Yeah, he takes a whole paragraph just to say that. Yeah, he talks about this for a while, and I don't really understand what this sort of um, relevance is. My favorite is. phrase is, I was unjustly accused of being a politician. <laughs> yeah, oh, I highlighted this whole, like, section, like, oh no, I think I just thought that the um, use of the word quivering was kind of weird. <laughs> Because, like, apparently, um, random, wild, unknown men are always coming to him with their secret griefs. So, um, whenever he realizes by some unmistakable sign that an intimate revelation is quivering on the horizon, he pretends <laughs> to not do he this. pretends to be asleep. Yeah, so he's just like, oh, someone's coming. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's really relatable. Wait, someone's coming. Oh, wait, I'm blind. <laughs> I'm blind. As Edgar Allan Poe does it. So yeah, he acknowledges that he's writing a book, and then he starts going into this man Gatsby, but he takes another three chapters before he ever actually really tells you anything about He's writing Gatsby, a book? So. Oh wait, yeah. No, he's writing this he book. He tells you he's writing a book. Like, he acknowledges that he is writing a book. As of right now, he he's is writing, writing the book. He's writing the book, The Great Gatsby. Nick is your author. He uses all these, like, excessive words, like quivering, but then he's like, one of those intricate machines that register earthquakes 10,000 miles away. You mean, a, like, a seismograph? <laughs> <laughs> He uses, like, ten more words for everything that he actually needs to. When you're trying to hit that word limit. Because <laughs> you're writing an essay for school. When you're writing an essay and you're trying to hit that word limit, get those four to six pages. So, yeah, then he starts talking about, like, his family's biography. Oh, yeah, we definitely need to know his family's, like, history. Yeah, we do, though, because he, like, spends a lot of time making fun of everyone else for, like, being rich. But then he's rich, too. 
he's super rich and he's like, oh, I don't get all this grandeur. You're rich too. The first paragraph of the book is his dad being like, remember, you're rich. And then the rest of this book is him being like, Psh, rich people. <laughs> it really is. And it's just like, sir, you went to Yale. Like, you tried to hide it for a second there by calling it New Haven or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't New know. Haven. They always refer to it as New Haven, except for, like, once. I actually went to New Haven University. But the thing is, there is a University of New Haven, so that's where it gets confusing. (laughs) Just like, sir, what are you doing? There's about, like, five colleges in New Haven that aren't Yale. Yeah, so he talks about Gatsby for a while, but doesn't really talk about Gatsby. And then he gets to his family, and he's like, they're rich, and we're descended from some dukes. And, uh, I went to the, the war. The are in a hard-boiled painting. Yes, he describes a painting as hard-boiled. Um, Foreshadowing. So, that makes sense. Because he's gonna live in West Egg. Yes. Duh. Oh, okay. Is that what that is? Oh, can I just comment on that? Because I fucking love that, like, these are the most glamorous places to live on fucking Long Island. And this guy's like, hmm. You know, this is going to be a neighborhood for, like, billionaires. What should I call it? And he's like, egg. So I looked this up because I was really confused about the whole West Egg, East Egg thing. And those are definitely really not called egg. Apparently it's something like Hampshire, and so they were like ham, eggs. Green eggs. It's like a, It's like a joke based on, like, sort of a pun. And breakfast food. But... I don't... It, that, that that doesn't sound like any place, like, oh, this is the fanciest yeah, and neighborhood it's, it's in Yeah, and it's sort town. of... It's, it takes a lot of suspension of disbelief to, like, continue reading this book when places are named West and East Egg. <laughs> why Ivy couldn't finish the book, because literally they yeah, mentioned it this every is why. sentence. Every sentence, they're like, I lived it, West Egg, the, well, egg. less fashionable of the two. What, the other one was the Fabergé Egg. It says that, he says that the land is shaped like two eggs, and I also looked at a map, and they're definitely not shaped like eggs, so it was like, it's like really a reach. Yeah, he's making up like half of this. Yeah, so, he moves to, um, the east. No, he lives in the west No, but he moves to the east from the west, in general. Like, east coast. (laughs) And he does say, he's like, this place must have confused birds, because they might be going for some eggs. And get fooled. And it's like, that's not how it works, buddy. We skip, yeah, but no, he, he moves to the egg. And, um, he like, he's like walking around one day, like right after he gets there. And some guy comes over and is like, how do you get to West Egg Village? And then he tells him how to get to West Egg Village. And then he says, and as I walked (laughs) on, I was lonely no longer. I was a guide, a pathfinder, an original settler. He had casually conferred on me the freedom of the neighborhood. And it's like... Like, there's one newer person there, and he's suddenly... And, like, apparently West Egg is right next to East Egg, so that's, like, if I walked outside and someone's like, hey, where's Dwayne Reed? And I was like, it's across the block. And then I was like, haha, I'm a pathfinder. (laughs) I also like, when he moves, he's like, I had a dog. 
Or, that was just for a few days that he ran away, so he's a bad dog keeper. And then he has a Finnish woman who made my bed and cooked breakfast and muttered Finnish wisdom to herself over the electric stove, and she is mentioned precisely five more times in this story. Did you count? Yeah. Does she get a name? No. When she's referred to again, she is called The Finn. Oh. Okay. Nice. So, he just has a Finnish woman. But he's living in, like, a... Some kind of house. It's like a little house. But of course, it's a little compared to like the billionaire's houses next to him. So is it really a little house? Let's investigate. Yeah, yeah it's and probably not. was it that cheap? Or was Gatsby re- like doing some secret plan to get him in that specific house and he like lowered the price but only for him? You know, that really goes with the theme of this book. Yeah, it is very creepy. And also, he was going to have a place somewhere else with a friend, but at the very last minute, the firm ordered that friend to Washington. Was that also Gatsby being creepy? Also, he was going to live with a friend, quotation marks. Gay. <laughs> I need to say how, how, they, how they, like, he can't say Long Island at first. He says the eggs the eggs, <laughs> were on that slender, riotous island which extends itself due east of New York. Oh my god. Just fucking say, Long Island, we know what that is. That slender, riotous island. He lives next to Gatsby on an egg. And... So basically, he goes to dinner, like, sometime when he gets there to, like, his cousin's house. With the Tom Buchanans. Oh yeah, because, you know, once you're a woman in 1920 and you marry a man... The man actually just becomes plural. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, Daisy's his cousin and she's married to Tom Buchanan, who he'd known when he went to Yale. Let's read the description of Tom. Oh god. Let's not. Let's just, let's not. Okay, so the description, the description for Tom is, um, what's the word for it? (laughs) I don't want to say the G word. But yeah, it says... Well, first of all, it just describes how he's, like, good at sports. And then and then he walks up... He, well, he doesn't walk over. He drives over to East Egg to see them. And um, Tom Buchanan, in riding clothes, was standing with his legs apart on the front porch. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he had changed since his New Haven years. Now he was a sturdy, straw-haired man of 30 with a rather hard mouth and a supercilious manner. Uh, yeah, so they, he describes Two his face. shining, arrogant eyes had established dominance over his face. Volleyball. Yes. Oh, yeah. His eyes are establishing dominance. Um, not even the effeminate swank of his riding clothes could hide the enormous power of that body. He seemed to fill those glistening boots until he strained the top lacing. You could see a great pack of muscle shifting when his shoulder <laughs> moved under his thin coat. <laughs> It was a body capable of enormous leverage. A cruel body. <laughs> I just have to say, that description was, like, startlingly similar to, like, how the girl in the Bewitching werewolf. the Werewolf... <laughs> That's what I was thinking! Yeah. Rippling abs! Like, when she- they said his muscle was shifting underneath the coat, it's like, <laughs> muscle shouldn't do that. <laughs> I can't believe... I can't believe that, um, the Grape Gatsby... Predicted rippling abs and bewitching the werewolf. <laughs> yeah, that description and many more just, um, they're a little suspicious. 
He says, while we were never intimate, I always had the impression that he approved of me and wanted me to like him with some harsh, defiant wistfulness of his own. Okay. Gay. Anyway, so he basically grabs him by the arm, probably the elbow, gay. and leads him into the garden. <laughs> Gardens are gay. Him about the garden and all this other stuff. They have, there's a lot of words in this book. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It takes, it takes, like, a whole paragraph to describe, like, one action. Like, it's just so hard to read over this book again, because it's just, like, why are there so many words? You can't, like, skim it, because it's, like, what's even happening? And then you realize it's been, like, <laughs> two seconds, and it, you've read two pages. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, Tom takes him into the room, and Daisy and a girl are there. Yeah, and the room is, like billowing like lots of things there's like a breeze so like the curtains are blowing around and then the dresses of the women are blowing around so they look like balloons <laughs> question mark that's not how fabric works <laughs> the, the the women um there's an enormous couch on which two young women were buoyed up as through as though upon an anchored balloon I'm picturing, you know how, like, you're in a hot tub and, like, the fucking bathing suit, like, blows up? That, <laughs> but, like, with air. And with, like, their dresses. Yeah. And it's like, whoosh. <laughs> and, like, the, the, the dramaticness with which all of these billowing objects are described makes me think that this wind has to be, like, ridiculous. Like, how- There's a hurricane there, moving There's through a the hurricane room. moving through the w- room. Um... So, this one girl that he doesn't know just kind of doesn't say anything right now. Yeah, she's and just kind of sitting there. Daisy gets up, and her voice has a promise that she had done gay, exciting things just a while since, and that there were gay, exciting things hovering in the next hour. Yes. So, right. you heard it here, here folks, kids. <laughs> 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 you heard it here first. Um, the great, the great Gatsby is gay. All of it. Daisy, Everywhere. Daisy, she's gay. Actually, let's let's hold off on the uh, labeling it as gay because it's not it's not like something anyone would aspire to. All of these people are terrible. That's true. This is terrible gay eraser. <laughs> This is me, Arisha. So yeah, they, apparently Daisy has a kid. We never really see the kid. We see the kid for two seconds. Well, I mean, like, she probably has just, like, a nanny or something taking care of the kid. And she doesn't actually, like, do anything. Because people did that. Because they're rich. Anyway, so Nick is, like, really fixated on um, this other woman whose name is Jordan. Miss Baker. Whatever you want to call her. He describes her chin as, like, tipped up. Like she's balancing something on it. Um, like she's so sitting there. Her head is all the way back. <laughs> yeah, like so she's like sitting there, and he like keeps describing the object that she's balancing, even though there's not one. And it's it's odd. I don't really have a joke about that. It's I mean, just in general, he's like she walks like a cadet. Oh yeah, he's like, hey, this girl's pretty attractive. She's slender, small-breasted girl with an erect carriage, which she accentuated by throwing her body backward at the shoulders like a young cadet. So, like, kind of like a skinny man. Stop. 
Like that kind of build. Yeah. Erect carriage. She has gray eyes, so the grapes of Gatsby also predicted gray eyes. Gray eyes, yeah. This is a trope. It's real. Actually, Greek mythology did that. Is Athena? Athena. <laughs> oh my god. Let's just not. not bring in Greek mythology right now. We've already got enough to contend with. We're not even over with chapter one. There's just so many words. Rick Riordan um writes the grape the grape Gatsby. They're they're gonna go eat. And so apparently both the women like simultaneously put their hands lightly on their hips. And walk outside. Sl- Slenderly porch. is Slenderly. an adverb used um, to describe their action, which I'm not sure that that's how, how that works. But they slenderly put and languidly put their hands lightly on their hips, and then they precede the other men out onto the rosy colored porch. And there's some candles um, on a table, and Daisy's like, what Daisy the fuck? Daisy doesn't like that. She does not like the candles. She snaps them out with her fingers, and, like, I'm imagining she's, like, she's probably just, like, pinching them out, but I imagine she just, like, snaps, and then they just, like, blow out. Magic. Daisy's magic. This is my fan fiction I'm writing, Harry Potter <laughs> and the Great Gatsby. No. Daisy is... All right, they're sort of. Would they all be Slytherins? I mean, let's not let's not like throw them into Slytherin because they're all assholes. Isn't that what J.K. Rowling did with all her characters? Uh, yeah, but we're not stooping to that level. <laughs> we're not stooping to J.K. Rowling's level. Let's be good writers I here. We we're gonna pretend that we had never read anything but like Twilight and never watched anything but Shrek. Um, what do you mean pretend? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Redo. De- great grapes of Gatsby and Twilight: The Breaking. Uh, done. Twilight: The Breaking Bad. The Breaking Bad of Gat. Okay, I'm done with this. Anyway, the moral of the story of this first chapter is that there are people and they are rich and they don't really talk about anything or do anything. They like and yeah. Boring. They're boring and annoying and do nothing. Daisy is a manic pixie dream girl. She's like... She's, like, really weird. It's like, do you always watch for the longest day of the year and then miss it? I always watch for the longest day of the year and then miss it. Like, no one, no one, no one says that stuff. Looking for Daisy, the hit new John Green novel. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then... I love the part in The Grape Gatsby where Daisy dies in a car accident. I haven't actually read the rest of it, so if she does die in a car accident, that would be hilarious. Well, technically. <laughs> Suddenly. It's like, this is what I pictured in this scene, is you know that meme with that picture of the guy who's, like, in a test, and he's, like, he, his, like, veins are about to burst out of his oh, neck? Yes. <laughs> That's what I picture Tom as before he suddenly, like, explodes into this racism. Like, he's like, I, I need to say something extremely racist right now. <laughs> it's been too long. And he starts, like, talking about how the Nordic race is superior. Yeah, he, it's, like, so weird. It's like when you, we can like remake the meme where it's like that guy and it's like Tom and it's like when you haven't said anything racist in two minutes. <laughs> Wait, up until then he's like, 
okay, but then all of a sudden he's just like, I have to tell you about this book about white supremacy. Like, yeah. So why? It's so I, weird. I read this very scientific book. I'm an atheist, guys. I am, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. <laughs> but this is oh all gosh. science. This and is science. And then, not to exclude Daisy from being an asshole, she's like, oh, wow, that's so profound and deep. Holy she's like, shit, Tom's yeah. getting very profound. He reads deep books with long words in them. What was that word we... Well, all these books are all scientific. And he, he's just, like, very insistent that it's very scientific. And she's just like, I'm Daisy. I need Tom to cite his sources. APA format. Right now. I would like to note, when I had to read this book, my teacher was, like, trying to say that, look, we see that Tom is bad in by this dinner conversation. Which, yes, we do. But I would like to say, Nick does not. Like, this is not a problem for Nick nor F. Scott Fitzgerald. This is... Yeah. Like, the racism isn't a deal breaker for either of those people. (laughs) So, it's not like he's, like, showing, hey, look at this bad racist dude. He's not. Yeah, this dude is just like, I'm racist. And everyone's like, okay. But that's that's fine. That's fine. This is cool. This is a real book, by the way. (laughs) Oh, and... The character Nick's reaction to, um, like, the racist Tom thoughts was like, oh, you're just catching on to this now, basically. Yeah. And then, so, they're doing something, and then the telephone rings. This dinner party. Daisy says some stuff about the butler's nose, because she's weird. Tom has a mistress. Oh, yeah, Tom has a mistress. Mrs. Miss Baker tells Nick that Tom has a mistress. And and she's calling, like, during the dinner thing. Does that happen in chapter one? Yeah, Miss Baker yes. tells him, tells Nick that Tom has a mistress. Chapter one is so, all these chapters, so fucking long. Daisy and Nick go somewhere and, like, wa- walk off. And she, they're just, like, sitting in the garden. And she, like, takes her face in her hands as if feeling its lovely shape, which is a weird Ew. Way to describe that. As a feeling for, um, bruising. Stop. (laughs) We cannot keep referencing this book. He asks her about her, like, daughter, and then she's like, we don't know each other very well. (laughs) Is it the daughter three? I don't know. Two, I think. I'm just, like, trying to- Oh, yeah, and, um, he returns rather feebly to the subject of her daughter, and- Which is true, because what he says is, I suppose she talks and eats- and everything. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, how's your kid? She eats, right? She breathes? <laughs> does she... What does she do? What do kids... What are children? Anyway, so chapter one ends with him, like, looking at Gatsby or whatever from his house, like, gazing at him across the water. And then, of course, that very famous green light shows up. The one that Gatsby looks at every night. Right before he leaves this party... Like, I mean, really, all that's happening is that just, they're all still there. There's some minor disagreements, and he's like, my own instinct was to telephone immediately for the police. To do what? But, okay. I don't, I'm just, like, having trouble understanding anything that happens in this book. It's very weird. Um, yeah, so he's, like, he goes home, and he sees Grapsby, and, um, he's, like, I decided to call him, but then he doesn't 
Because then he, because Grapsby um, stretches his arms towards the dark water in a curious way, um, looking at a green light. And see, the only thing that I had heard about this before is that meme where he's, like, looking at the green light, but it's, like, Voldemort with the, like, thing on the, uh, you know, like, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? The I only meme know. I've seen about this was, like, the meme of, like, IMing from back in like 2007 when you'd like IM people on AIM and you waited for that green light to come on. Mmm. Not relatable to the teens. That's not relatable to the teens at all because I'm literally 22. 35. This is this is very important that all teachers like mention like about 82 times like it's some genius like thing. There's like this billboard over this uh what is it? Land of Ash or whatever the fuck. Ashland. Aslan, the um lion from no. Narnia. Aslan. So <laughs> there's a billboard over the lion, and it's the eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg are blue and gigantic. Their retinas are one yard high, and everyone like is like, oh, it's because they're being like watched over, ha, huh? because they're doing bad things. And it's like, okay, yeah, that it's in your face. It's an eye. That's not like deep or anything. It's not good. Classic. Hey, hey guys, I um, I I have this really important discovery that I made about a classic novel, and nobody's ever thought of this one before. You know how there's Aslan in Narnia? Well, he's actually <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Did you I know love that? The part in Narnia where it turns out Aslan was Jesus the whole time. Yeah, isn't that wild? <laughs> Anyway, so the next day, Tom basically is like, hey, Nick, I want you to meet my mistress. Just out of nowhere, like, basically. They're in the ash land. Yeah, they're in ash land. There's ash heat. Um, Tom holds his elbow again, so that's nice. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Tom basically is like, come meet my mistress. So he goes all the way to, <laughs> like... so fucking awkward. Oh, and it's really funny because he's like, oh, I want you to meet my girl. Like, we're getting off the train right now. And then um, Nick is like... The the supercilious assumption was that on Sunday afternoon I had nothing better to do. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't, though. Yeah, you didn't have anything to do. Like, And he's always like, oh, like I should go. And then they're like, no. And he's like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this Nick guy is like a real pushover. So this, this mistress, the, the guy, he knows the husband of the mistress. And he's like... A mechanic or whatever, so he's meeting him. <laughs> and then the mistress comes out, and she's mid-thirties. She's, she's a little plump, but don't worry. Not like ugly fat people. She carries her surplus flesh sensuously, as some women Sensuously. <laughs> she, Only she a carries... select few. And she's not plump. Limited she's edition. faintly stout. Um... And she carries her surplus flesh sensuously. Oh That's horrifying, actually. <laughs> Where does she carry her surplus flesh at? I want some uh, discount wholesale flesh. So yeah, basically Tom roasts uh, the guy. And um, she walks through her husband as if he were a ghost. She glitches so. right through him. She clips through him? <laughs> she phases through him. She clips Holy through fuck. him. <laughs> 
I can't believe I didn't notice that one. Oh my god. So basically, him, the girl's name is Myrtle. She's not a girl, though. She's a woman, but you know, that's fine. Yeah, she's in her middle 30s, just like you, potatoes. Thank you. Anyways, so Tom, Myrtle, and Nick go back to New York and basically to have a party. With Myrtle. Oh, yeah, you said that. Myrtle. Myrtle and Nick and Tom. (laughs) Moaning Myrtle. Myrtle and um, Myrtle's sister and some random people who I think- They go to this, like, apartment, which I guess she has in New York. It's not really explained why she has a random apartment. Because she's a mistress, so probably. Yeah, I think he pays for her apartment. But before they get there- You're gonna talk about the dog, She just randomly gets a dog. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're in a taxi, and she sees some guy with some dogs, and she's like, let's get a dog, and then she gets a dog. She's like, I want a police dog, and then she ends up getting, like, an Airedale Terrier, and it's like, girl... Get a better dog. She buys an Airedale Terrier for $10, and I know that this is 1920s money, but that's still, like, that's a good price. Oh, oh, wait, okay, hold on. What, what, what? I'm pulling out the inflation calculator. Oh, okay. $10 is $127.89. What? Holy shit, what? That's a really good price for a purebred Airedale. I don't think it's Airedale. No, it's not purebred. Because it said the Airedale, undoubtedly there was an Airedale concerned in it somewhere, though its feet were startlingly, startlingly white, so I think it's like mixed, probably. Yeah, it's like, and also this guy selling the dogs is just some guy... On the street who looks like, who with looks like puppies. John D. Rockefeller? He's got like a dozen <laughs> puppies in a basket. He's just like standing there selling random puppies. Like, I got the impression that this was not supposed to be like a reputable businessman. <laughs> I believe it. He's John D. Rockefeller. He's very reputable. <laughs> okay. He's John D. Rockefeller in disguise. Um, yeah. Oh, and then at one point, Nick is like, Guys, I need to leave. And they're like, no. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Where does he ever try to go, though? Is the real question. <laughs> he doesn't say. He's just like, it's time for me to go. And they're like, no, it's not. And he's like, okay. And he just never leaves. Nick does not have a life. He, he likes to pretend that he has a life, but he doesn't really. Same. So anyway, basically, they're at this party at, you know, the mistress's house. Uh, Nick gets sloppy. Yeah. Yep. What the ye old English called messed up. He got totally wasted, bro. I love the part in Grape Gatsby when Nick does like a keg stand. Stop it. <laughs> Is it on keg legs? Chug, chug, chug. Keg legs. Keg legs. We just keep mentioning all our episodes in this one episode. We're just like, hey guys. Sorry if you're a new listener. Fuck you. You don't get nothing. You gotta to listen, listen to, to all goddamn of our episodes. There's only like five other ones right now. Yeah, so. it would not be that hard to catch up to this. Maybe in 300 episodes when we're still like, hey, remember Unenchanted? Then it'll get old. <laughs> yeah, and then people will be like, what are what is going on? And our old listeners will be like, Jesus Christ, stop with Unenchanted. <laughs> it's too many. Nick continues to describe all the people at this party. He describes, like, a man named Mr. McKee. And, like, when I looked up this book earlier, because I was just like, do I remember this book from ninth grade? Let's see. And no, I don't. But I looked up, like, Spark Notes, And so 
Apparently, people think that Nick and this man uh, do things at the end of this chapter when, like, the man takes him home. Yeah, I can tell you the sentence that would give that idea, but hold on, we're going to get there. But yeah, he just describes, like, Mr. McKee for, like, a really long time. Like, he does everyone else, but he calls him, like, a pale feminine man or whatever. A twink. Guy (laughs) says he's in the... This guy introduces himself, he's like, oh, I'm in the quote-unquote artistic game. And it's, like, later that he's a photographer, and it's like, just say you're a fucking photographer, don't, like, be vague about it. I'm in the artistic game. (laughs) He's a a sensitive soul. You just play a game, and it's artistic. (laughs) Yeah, so there's, like, a bunch of people at this party, there's this girl... Catherine? Catherine is Myrtle's sister. Oh yeah, Catherine is a little sister. Myrtle's. Moaning Myrtle's little sister. And, um, Catherine lives with a girlfriend at a hotel, so she's gay. Okay. Uh, Source, the Great Gatsby. <laughs> so they're talking about boring Emily. rich things. The photographer that everyone knows is a photographer, and it's been mentioned 20 times that it's a photographer. He says, I've done some nice things out on Long Island. Two of them we have framed downstairs. And Tom says, to what? <laughs> I don't know. What would a photographer have that is framed? Apples. Paintings. What the fuck do you think? And then, oh god, there's so many words. There's There's just so many words I'm trying to skim through and you just like- In the words of Hamlet, there's just- it's just words, words, words. Nothing really happens of importance until the end. Because their sister's just like, um, Myrtle and Tom are gonna get married- and apparently Tom told her and Myrtle a bunch of lies about his wife or whatever. And it's like, wow, a man telling lies to his mistress about his wife. Who would have thought? Anyways. Oh, yeah. He smacks uh, Myrtle. Oh, yeah. He breaks her nose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He full ass breaks her fucking nose. I forgot that. What? Anyway, so he breaks Myrtle's nose and everyone just reacts like, oh, that Tom. And, yeah. Because nothing interesting happens after that. Because the party's just kind of, like, sucks from there. Because, you know, someone broke someone else's fucking nose. And so, Mr. McKee and Nick are leaving together. And Mr. McKee asks him out to lunch. Okay. In the elevator. Alright. And he says, I'll be glad to. And then it says, there's... There's an ellipsis, ellipses, and then after that, it says I was standing beside his bed, and he was sitting up between the sheets, clad in his underwear, with a great portfolio in his hands. Alright. And then I don't know what fucking happened after that, but that was just, that sentence is out of fucking nowhere, and then that happened. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, they definitely did that thing. They definitely did it. They done diddly did it. They did the damn thing. <laughs> So chapter three. Chapter three. Gatsby's having a party. and uh, Oh, wow. There was Jay-Z playing from his neighbor's house. He describes Gatsby's party. The party, this is like the party he's not even like invited to. This is just a party that he's like watching creepily from afar. And he describes it for like literally three and a half pages. It is just like nothing but him spying. He describes how Gatsby has a special juice machine to make juice. For like a paragraph. Does he? Does he fucking really? Every Friday, five crates of oranges and lemons arrive from a fruiterer in New York. Every Monday, these same oranges and lemons left his back door in a pyramid of hopeless halves. There was a machine in the kitchen which could extract (laughs) the juice of 200 oranges in half an hour. If a little button was pressed 200 times by a butler's thumb, 
Great Gatsby even has a juice machine. Juicer. I can't believe the, the grapes of Gatsby. Gatsby invented um, grape juice. Juicing. Also, like two hundred, the juice of two hundred oranges. Like that's a lot of orange juice. <laughs> that that sounds like oh, the strength of a hundred men. The juice of two hundred oranges. <laughs> With all the strength of a two hundred oranges. <laughs> With all the juice of two hundred oranges, stronger than one, stronger than ten, mysterious as the Great Gatsby party, the moon. Anyway, so he gets invited to Gatsby's party, and he feels really good that he's one of the few people who was actually invited and didn't just show up. And he like keeps mentioning, even though he has no fucking friends there. It's like okay, Nick, we know you have like one percent of a life now. Uh, Also, an an orchestra arrives. Um. With oboes and trombones and saxophones Is there a and violas and cornets and piccolos and drums. Oh my. No violins, no cellos. No harp. No. It's basically a wind ensemble. No, you know, no other instruments actually exist besides those. Actually, violists would be very pleased by this. Um, no basses, no, no, you don't need strings, you just need oboes. Basses are basic. That's bad. Oboes can do it all. Oboes and trumpets. They actually just have a really good beatboxer for all the other instruments. (laughs) (laughs) They have (laughs) Jay-Z. Jay-Z is there. (laughs) That's why you needed Jay-Z in the movie. So anyway, he has no friends there. He has no, he has no friends, and he sees Jordan walk by, and it says... Hello, I roared, which just, the I roared always reminds me of the excerpt from (laughs) My Immortal, like that always reminds me of that. Hello! Roared should never be used. Hello, I roared. Anyway, so basically because he has no friends, he, like, attaches himself to Jordan. Because he's just like, I have one person that I know, and I'm going to stick with you for the rest of the night. I mean, that's relatable. Very relatable, actually. Anyway, so him and Jordan have a bunch of boring conversation with a bunch of boring people who are just like, I hear Jay Gatsby got a sit. <laughs> I hear he's ripped. I heard he was ripped. <laughs> I, hear, I hear Jay Gatsby has an eight pack. I hear, I hear Gatsby is shredded. <laughs> I hear Gatsby has killed a man. Like, that's literally what they say verbatim. I like how Potatoes just did, like, like, the store generic brand of that quote. It's like, six-pack and ripped instead of eight-pack and shredded. I hear, I hear, that's why Gatsby's hair is so big, it's so secret. <laughs> References. So they continue to have boring conversation with all these people, and basically the point is that no one actually knows who Gatsby is. They just all show up to his parties, like, every month or whatever, and none of them actually have ever seen him. They don't know what he does, they don't know where he got his money from, they think he's a German spy. It's because he's in the kitchen juicing all his oranges. <laughs> he doesn't have time to socialize. No, his butler does that. Ivy. He, he, no. Okay, he has to drink the orange juice. The butler is just in there furiously pressing the the juicer button. And and they're like, is that enough juice? And Gatsby's like just downing glass after glass. No. Like, more juice. <laughs> He's just making screwdrivers for the party. Jeeves, bring me more juice. Oh, yeah. That's probably what he's doing. <laughs> Why are you think the juice is going? Jeeves. 
More juice for me. Who drinks this much screwdrivers though? Like, why can't he just buy like wine or something? Why does he have to like have made drinks? All right, like I know the juice was being used for like cocktails or something, but I feel like my version is better. Of course it is. So anyway, there's more like party talk, lots of things. They're basically trying to ship him in Jordan, but I don't believe it. Not at all. Not even remotely believable. There's a man who has some books. I don't know what he's Oh yeah, he's there. like, these books are real! They're not cardboard! <laughs> it's like, sir, who are you? Like, you didn't even get an introduction. They're real! The books! In regards to the music, a celebrated tenor had sung in Italian. JC. And a notorious contralto had sung in jazz. <laughs> you know, the language! Jazz! <laughs> yeah, the language of jazz. I love when they sing in Rachel. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> And in between the numbers, people are doing- People were doing stunts all over the garden, so they're doing, like, just parkour. No, guys. It's, quote, stunts, end quote. <laughs> oh, no. And then there's, like, a pair of girls who are doing something called a baby act, and I don't want to know what that know. is. I have no- <laughs> I don't want to know what it is. He's still with Jordan. He lets you know. I was still with Jordan Baker. Like, he's constantly <laughs> and he's never letting go. He, he was having some champagne. Then he starts talking to some man at a table, and the man's just like, weren't you in this regiment during the war? And he's like, hell yeah, I was in this regiment. And then the man's just like, oh yeah, I was there too. And then they continue to talk. The man <gasps> calls him old sport, and you only have to know old this. Old Spice. Jordan asks him if he's having a gay time. Yeah. Immediately he, after he starts talking to Gatsby, talking to Gatsby. like, having a gay time? Yeah. And he's like, much better. Of course. So, of course, you find out that this man that he was talking to. Yeah, so he's just talking to this guy, and he's like, I've never met this Gatsby guy. And then the guy's like, I'm Gatsby. And he's like, what? I thought you knew, old sport. It'd be a lot funnier if, with all these rumors about who Gatsby really is, who Jay Gatsby really is. Jay-Z. It'd be like... I bet the J stands Jay-Z. for Jeffrey. And, but... Yes? The J stands for Jacked Man. The J's Hugh Jackman. Jacked Man. <laughs> He's, the J stands for Jean Valjean. I love the part in it where... Let's finish that sentence. J Gatsby. Let's do Jackman. <laughs> Thank you. Did you say you love the part in Grapes? <laughs> I love the part in the Grapes of Gatsby where it turns out Gatsby was gay the whole time. No! Jay Gatsby, more like gay Gatsby. Duh! <laughs> okay. I'm giving up on this podcast. No! Stay. The, the butler comes over to Gatsby to tell him that he juiced more oranges for Gatsby to drink, so <laughs> Gatsby leaves. <laughs> There's something called Jazz History of the World in here, and I just, I made note of that at some point. My History of the World. Here's what happened, kids. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, kids. I'm not kidding. Wow, this party is ridiculously long. Okay, yeah. Um, he describes Gatsby, he's like, his tanned skin was drawn attractively tight on his face, and his Gatsby short hair looked as though it were trimmed every day. <laughs> I could see nothing sinister about him. Which, like, do you know what it sounded like? Remember in the witch book when she's like, oh, he's kind of like a sexy evil. <laughs> He doesn't look evil, but if he was, he's like a sexy evil. I don't want to think about this. Oh yeah, there's this, there's this man whose wife 
appeared at his side like an angry diamond. Which, do diamonds just appear near you? Yes. Because, like, holy fuck. Are diamonds angry? Like, they just, diamonds appear near you. Also, he mentions Yale again. I'm just at the part where he's like, I took dinner usually at the Yale club. And it's like, sir, you just finished making fun of people for being rich. (laughs) And now you're taking dinner at a private club for alumni from Yale. Okay, the party's ending because I'm just trying to get to the end of this party. (laughs) There's lots of party. Gatsby Um, says old sport some more times. (laughs) Uh, Like 82 more times. He just really is dedicated to that old sport. Let me find old sport stop it there are 42 results nice i hate you nice fuck i lost my place doesn't his butler at one point say that philadelphia is on the phone then the butler behind his shoulder philadelphia wants you on the phone and it, it does oh it does the same they're out of oranges we're out of oranges I'm sorry. You have to stop with this orange juice addiction. This is a problem. This is an intervention. Please, sir. The rest of the world needs orange Too much orange juice. <laughs> like how y'all took a throwaway paragraph and made it like the entire point of this. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so basically the party finally The party ends. ends. Thank Jesus. There's this tr- guy tr- leaving the party and, like, apparently a wheel fell off his, like, I don't know, car or wagon or something. And his covered someone, wagon. Like, someone asks, how'd it happen? And he's like, I'm not a mechanic. It's like when they're, like, you know that part in the hundred when that, like, Raven girl is like, I the we're on the right radio frequency. Oh, God. And then that old lady is like, English. Yes, yes, I think about that. A lot. Every day. I'm like, why? It's radio frequency. That's <laughs> that's not complicated. Also, because, like, all right, quick, quick detour into the 100. They were on, like, this spaceship thing that had to be receiving radio transmissions from Earth, like, every day on the daily. Like, yeah, they were on. Oh, my God. And they're also they're on a spaceship. They should know what, like, basic technology is to because, like, it seems like you would need some sort of um, knowledge of this just to sort of survive on the spaceship that you live on. Yeah, nothing peeves me off more than authors, like, underestimating what the average knowledge of, like, science terms is. Like, hypothesis and then it's like speak english like honestly at this point when when even if somebody is using like real science words that i don't know and a character's like speak english i'm like oh same just because that's so annoying oh my god okay back back to this sorry potatoes you're welcome anyway so now that the party has ended the party's over then they have like a high school um don't drink and drive um performance and then and nick feels the need to say this he's like i just reread what i wrote so far just to be clear i do have a life outside gatsby this isn't my whole life dude i have a job i went to my job like this wasn't even a big part of my life this was like a casual like thing that happened a few times i totally have a life guys yeah he's like reading over what i've written so far i see that i've given the impression that the events of three nights several weeks apart were all that absorbed me. I have a life. Guys, just so you know. I have a life. No, you don't. I'm not I'm not gay for Gatsby. Gatsby <laughs> and his sweet, sweet orange juice. <laughs> Has he tasted Gatsby's orange juice? Wait, I didn't want to say that. 
<laughs> All I care about is Gatsby's orange juice now. Anyway, so he's basically like, I'm beginning to like New York. I like to look at women. I totally love to look at women. Yes, he women. does emphasize that. Yeah, he's like, guys, just so you know, I have a life outside of Gatsby. Sometimes I look at girls and I pretend that I'm attracted to them. <laughs> he literally said Sometimes I look at girls and uh, some of the muscly, more mannish ones are okay. He does not say that. <laughs> he does like Jordan and he mentions a girl back home who like played tennis and had like fucking muscles on her, like a whole shit ton of muscles. Like, 8,000 muscles. She had eight abs. Eight abs. <laughs> I heard she <laughs> Anyway, so basically he starts talking about how, like, as time has gone on since, like, the party, and he's just chilling that summer that he, like, lost sight of Jordan, but then he finds her again, and because she's, like, a famous golf player, which I don't know if we mentioned that, but she is, everyone knows her. And he remembers that actually she cheated at golf that one time. Where are you reading this? Golf player. I mean, this is like from memory. Oh, okay. Oh, Jordan Baker was the golf player. I see. Okay, so he just think he's like, Jordan Baker, my friend, who I was with at the party, sometimes I saw her and um, I, I wanted to go with her because she played golf. I wasn't in love. I was just kind of curious about her. Yeah, like, we know you're not in love with her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he talks about the girl back home, he's he's like, all I could think of was how when that, when that girl played tennis, a faint mustache of perspiration appeared on her upper lip. Like, oh, yeah. Paint that mustache on. Paint that, like, illusion of a mustache. Rachel, good. I'm gonna hike I'm sorry. up to the north. <laughs> I'm the north. <laughs> I am gonna kill you. Hike up to the north. Hike up to New Haven. I'll meet you there. <laughs> We're gonna meet at New Haven University, the fictional one that is not Yale. The fictional one, yeah. <laughs> Basically, he's like, <laughs> I like Jordan, and he also says that Jordan avoids clever men, so he kind of slowly <laughs> roasts himself as this book goes on. Yeah, okay, so Jordan plays golf, and she reminds him of Tennis Girl because of something. Right, because they're just kind of similarly, like, I don't they know, both, like, brash, and they both they're play They're both sports. girls, they both play sports, same girl. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Oh, also, he ends this chapter... Finally, <clears throat> with I am, I am one of the few honest people that I have ever known. So he's like, I'm a reliable narrator, guys. Guys, I'm reliable. Just so you know, I'm the most reliable narrator. You can stop those lines. We're gonna end the episode now. Bye. See you in a week, except like two seconds our time. <laughs> like, fave, and subscribe if you liked. Book snub, give us a book sub. Don't forget to like, fave, and subscribe. Um, leave an iTunes review. Um, we're on Twitter at book snub. Uh, give us some orange juice. We're sponsored by orange juice. We're sponsored by Jay Gatsby's orange juice and Old Sport odor blocking deodorant. <laughs> Old Sport uh, orange juice. Juice. No. Ew. <laughs> it's just orange juice. It's pulp free, organic. Is it pulp-free because the oranges came out of his house with no pulp in them? So he left pulp Maybe in. there's a, a strainer. I don't know. It, it has pulp. He left pulp in his orange juice like some kind of monster. Gatsby drinks pulpy orange juice and 
just constantly. Okay, that's. I heard Gatsby drinks pulpy orange juice. It wasn't the point that there was a shit ton of pulp outside, out in the back. I hear. I. Okay. Think again. No, the. (laughs) You fools. Alright, so that's the end of this episode. Bye.